Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. everybody. We are so glad to be back today for an extremely important conversation with a local mom, uh, Joni Wickham. You may have heard her name before as she um, was chief of staff for former Kansas City, Missouri Mayor Sly James. She now runs a consulting firm, Wickham James, uh, with the former mayor that she will share with us a little bit about. Um, Before we get into our conversation with Joni, a bit about her fascinating background I'm pulling this straight from her firm's website, Wickham James, because I could not say it any better. Uh, She's a native native of Raleigh, North Carolina. She arrived in Kansas City almost 10 years ago after leading initiatives within state and federal governments, as well as advocacy organizations. In her eight years with the mayor's office here, the majority of of them spent as chief of staff. Joni directed public policy initiatives, communications tactics, and administrative decision-making during her tenure, all while promoting women's leadership and empowerment issues. Her front row seat at City Hall shed light on how local government is still very much a man's world, and this motivated her to create a first-of-its-kind women's empowerment initiative, which has been implemented in several major cities. Uh, personally, I think probably my favorite fact about Joni is the fact that her best-selling book has the best title on earth, The Thin Line Between Cupcake and Bitch, <laughs> Taking Action, Driving Change, and Getting Results. And with that, let's meet Joni. Joni. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us here today. Uh, we're so excited for our conversation with you. Would you mind starting off just by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joni Wickham and I live in the Northland of um, Kansas City, Missouri with my wonderful husband, my eight-year-old daughter, and my two very sweet fur babies. What? Um, okay, tell us about your pets. I'm a pet person. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would have about 14 dogs in my house if I could. Um, <laughs> I have a <laughs> I have a 13-year-old yellow lab um, oh. who is just the sweetest. He's the sweetest boy. And, um, you know, they say that pets always have their person. Yes. And um, I am totally his person. Like, yes. he follows me around this house all the time. Uh-huh. And then we have a four-year-old black lab mix. Okay. Um, who is crazy and uh-huh. a hot mess most uh-huh. days, uh-huh. but is so sweet. And my daughter is her person and they are just adorable together. What are their, what are your dog's names? So Coda is the yellow lab. Okay. Um, and then Sadie is our black lab. Okay. Hot mess. Okay. <laughs> we, we have a hot mess lab too. He's, he's one and his name is George. And he is Oh yeah. I remember friend. that stage. I yes. remember that stage. Oh my gosh. Special, Complete special hot friend. mess. Yeah. Um, tell us, okay, so tell us a little bit about um, what you are doing right now, job-wise. Yeah. 
Sure. So I um, previously served for about six years as chief of staff to then Kansas City Mayor Sly James. And um, towards the end of our term at City Hall, we started thinking about what we were going to do with our life (laughs) Um, after City Hall. And um, we decided that we still liked each other, which doesn't always happen with a chief of staff and an elected official, that we still liked each other and um, our personalities and our skill sets um, were very complementary. And um, we just hold very similar worldviews about life and what we want to do with our lives and what we don't want to do with our lives. So we um, opened our consulting firm in August of 2019, and we do a variety of things for our clients. We do strategic communications, public policy, government relations, a little bit of political consulting. Um, and then Sly's a very accomplished mediator. So he helps clients mediate legal disputes. We also have three books between the two of us. And um, those books have helped us um, have a uh, national platform for speaking engagements. That's really cool. Very cool. Yeah. So how did you get into all this? How did you get into leadership? and politics? Great question. So um, it actually happened because of my personal life. Um, So my mother uh, got pregnant with me when she was 14 years old, and I came along when she was 15. And we lived in a teeny tiny town in rural um, eastern North Carolina. And um, my mom brought me home Newborn Joni brought me home uh, from the hospital to a trailer in the middle of a tobacco field. And we lived um, the first part of my life with my grandparents, who to this day are still functionally illiterate. They can't read and write. And so I grew up in this environment to a single mom, very poor, lots of poverty around me, witnessed undereducation, lack of health care, um, institutionalized racism (laughs) quite a bit, Um, all of these things. And so I was very aware at a very early age and consistently throughout my formative years about how politics, politicians, government, um, public policy can either help people or uh, can put up barriers for people. And for this reason, I decided that I wanted to go into politics, not completely sure Um, as an 18, 19 year old, what that meant or what that looked like. And so I thought at the time that I wanted to be a political journalist and I got an internship with my hometown newspaper. And ironically, considering what I did the past several years of my career, um, the very first thing that my editor sent me to cover was the local city council meeting. Mm -hmm. And so I walked into that city council meeting and saw the seven older white gentlemen who made up the city council, um, which it, it, that's just, you know, was par for the course at that point in that uh, era and in that place. And um, they were having a discussion about how to close an $800 million, uh, I'm sorry, an $800,000 budget gap in the city budget. And for a tiny town at that, this was probably 20 years ago, um, that was a huge amount of money. And so this was a big problem. And they were trying to figure out how to solve this problem, how to close this budget gap. Long story short, they decided the best way to do it was to eliminate this program that none of them had any um, idea what it was or the impact. And it was what they called it the Weiss program. And so here they are at the head of the table talking about this program because no one at the table knew what it was or what impact it had. 
but I knew exactly what it was. It was WIC, Women, Infant, Children, the WIC program. And this was a program that um, put food in my mouth, clothing on my back, shelter over my head. Like I knew what this program was because it was my lifeline and my mom's lifeline, my whole family's lifeline for a while. And I was really, to be honest with you, I was really pissed um, that (laughs) this happened and that my role in the system at this point was to write about this really crappy decision after the fact. And when I was talking to my editor about this, he's like, well, you know, you're on deadline. You just need to go write the story. And it just didn't sit well with me. It did not um, sit well with my kind of action-oriented, results-oriented personality. And so I went back to my um, advisor in college, and she said, you need to change your major. You need to figure out a way to earn a seat at the decision-making table so that you can help influence those decisions. And I thought, aha, that sounds like something that's more up my alley. And so I did. Um, And I've been working in um, politics and government, political communication since I was about 20 years old, which is unreal to think that I've done anything that long. (laughs) That's so cool. So it's almost like, I feel like I'm like visualizing this. It's like you went from basically beyond the sidelines, like, Mm -hmm. like writing down what you see or narrating the story to like being actually like a part of it. Yeah, exactly. And helping influence. So, but that's just fascinating. Okay, so as we're looking ahead to November, we have local elections coming up. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times it's really easy to focus on the big elections every four years. So why should moms care about the election coming up in November? So elections is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Um, It's so easy these days to be um, mad about something. Um, because there's so much crazy stuff going in the world. (laughs) So much to be mad about. Um, But being mad about the world is only a start. And so if we're actually going to do something to change the world that we live in, we have to register to vote. We have to get out and vote. And that means in every election, not just like the quote unquote big ones, um, the presidential elections, but every single election. And um, over my career, I have worked in um, Congress in DC. I've worked in state government in Jefferson City, and obviously um, in local government. And I'm telling you, these local races really have more, in my view, have more of an impact on our everyday lives mm-hmm. than the presidential election and some of these these um, Senate elections that we hear so much about. So I, I really think um, turning out to vote in every single election, being an educated voter is critically important. Yeah. And we're going to end up at the end of the, at the end of this episode, we're going to share with moms kind of some ways um, to just some practical ways of going about doing that. Yeah. Um, Can you give us, give us an example. You were talking about um, local elections making a difference in our everyday life. What's, Mm -hmm. what's something that pops into your head when you, when you say that? Yeah. Well, there's so much that happens at the local level um, that impacts our everyday life. And um, one um, issue that is particularly uh, meaningful to me that um, you and I had talked about and that uh, I had talked about with your audience previously um, is things like early childhood education. Um, And um, public health would be another issue that's really impacted um, at the local level. Um, these are the issues that um, really um, impact 
what we're doing and how we live our lives and the community around us um, on a daily basis. And so that's why I think moms, with everything that we do, everything that we juggle, everything that we um, feel responsible for, um, I, I feel like we can really connect the things that are so important to us and our families through that focus on um, local government for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think this last year has been pretty obvious how much your local representatives have an influence over what's happening. No (laughs) doubt. Good example. (laughs) So kind of piggybacking on that. So what do you think is, what do you think are the biggest barriers to civic engagement, um, especially among women and moms? Um. I think for, just based on my own lived experience and um, having worked on women's issues for so long, women are responsible and feel responsible for so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading an article yesterday about the sandwich generation and how women mm-hmm. now um, uh, are not only are or feel responsible for um, a lot of the um activities and responsibilities that go into raising kids, but we're also helping care for our parents and our grandparents. And so uh, it's, we are not always as women, we are not always great at creating space for things that are important to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I talk to women, particularly moms about voting, I try to connect those dots between how um, building a community where our kids have everything that they need both today and in the future connecting the dots on those outcomes we want to see with voting. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So if there are, and I know there are moms listening who might be motivated um, or interested in getting involved more than just casting a vote, where Mm -hmm. would you tell them is a good place to start? I'm so glad you asked that. So one of the projects that um, I work on as part of our consulting firm, Wickham James, is helping um, Kansas City-based United We, and that stands for Women's Empowerment, formerly the Women's Foundation. Um, We help uh, United We with the Appointments Project. And this is so fun. I feel like it's like my life coming full circle here. Wendy Doyle is the president and CEO of United We. Um, Talk about a fantastic um, woman leader. Um, She uh, started her role at United We uh, back in 2014. And about six weeks after being on the job, I called her and said, hey, Mayor James wants to do this um, women's empowerment blueprint, and we'd love for your organization to be part of it. And God bless her. Six weeks on the job. She said yes and continued to say yes over the years that we were at City Hall. And we created the Appointments Project, which is an effort to get more women involved and engaged in um, local boards and commissions. And we are now working with the organization to expand this all across the country. So it's so fun to see this initiative that was born like right here, downtown Kansas City, being expanded to all these cities across the country. But I would highly recommend um, your audience and Kansas City moms to explore the Appointments Project. Um, Appointmentsproject.com is where you would go to learn more and submit um, an application to serve um, no matter where you live all across the Kansas City region on a local board or commission. And people don't understand the impact that these local boards and commissions have on the community. Um, They can be pretty impactful. And it's often where um, local elected officials look to these boards and commissions for um, guidance and advice on critical issues, everything from like, 
economic development, to healthcare, to uh, parks and recreation boards. Sure, sure. How do you, okay, so this question just popped in my head. So how do you shift the mindset or as a mom or a woman or you know, an individual, how do you shift your mindset from, okay, well, I am one person and I have one vote. Like, I don't feel like it makes that big of a difference if I'm not involved, or I don't feel like it makes, like, if I don't vote, I mean, I'm one vote. So what would you, how would you respond to that? Well, we have seen so many instances in just the past few election cycles mm-hmm. where elections are decided by razor thin margins. Um, <laughs> true. And yeah, and um, I will get political just for a minute, but not yeah. rude political because I don't like that. Um, <laughs> and, and as we can see, continue across the country to see barriers put up for people, particularly people of color, um, voting making sure everyone who can get to the ballot box does it is critically important. Because like I said, there are so many elections these days that are decided by razor thin margins. But also kind of to get back more directly to answer your question, um, the power of one can be really impactful. And so like all it takes sometimes is one person using her voice, using her influence, using her network to really raise an issue to the um, top of uh, the agenda of elected officials. And I think early childhood education is an absolute um, perfect example of this, particularly in this crazy COVID world we've all lived in. Um, We know from qualitative and quantitative data that women bore the brunt of the childcare crisis more than than men um, when COVID hit. And so that's just one example that I think moms... um, their own voices and their own lived experience can kind of join together and make an impact. I think it's hard, Joni, especially just talking about a mom voting in our region with all the different rules of, you know, in Missouri, you can, you know, the deadlines for registering are different in Kansas and Missouri or um, mail-in ballots or absentee ballots. Mm -hmm. Like they're all, it's so different. So even mm-hmm. moving from Missouri to Kansas, you kind of have to relearn how to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of great things about government being decentralized um, and coming from local government. I truly believe that. Sure. But election law being decentralized as it is um, does come with some um, logistical hurdles for people to jump through. Um, but considering, as we've said, that elections impact so much of our lives, Like, I don't know of another thing as critical to figure out other than how to register to vote and and how to get to the ballot box. Agreed. Yeah, that's awesome. Jenny, we um, we got some questions from our Instagram followers um, on our Kansas City Mom Collective account for you. Okay. Um, We've got two questions and we got so many great ones. Um, This one came in in a few different forms, but basically this question boils down to how do you influence others who do not have the same beliefs as you? I'm so glad you asked that. It's so (laughs) funny because this question. It's a really easy, small question for you. Well, well, this question often comes up in um, audiences that I speak to that are majority women. And Mm -hmm. guess what? It doesn't come up a lot when I talk to a lot of men which is interesting. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh Um, 
So I wrote this little book um, last summer called The Thin Line Between Cupcake and Bitch, Taking Action, Driving Change, and Getting Results. And this is actually an issue that I talk quite a bit about in the book. It is so important if you want to influence people and change their their opinions on something, you have to meet them where they are Mm -hmm. and educate them in order to get them where you want them to be. And this, this whole meeting people where they are is a step that a lot of people often forget, particularly, um, and I, I recognize I'm saying this um, when you're talking about your Instagram account, account so don't get mad. <laughs> but like, particularly in this place that we are in society where social media is a yeah. thing, where most people get their news and they become educated through social media, mm-hmm. y'all, there are just some complex social issues that... Twitter and Instagram and Facebook ain't going to cut it in order to get educated. Like you actually have to do the work um, to learn um, all the nuances of some things like healthcare, like education. And so all that to be said is these days I, I see that we have a short attention span. And so meeting people where they are and doing the hard work of getting them where you need them to be is not as easy now as it was 20 years ago, but I also think it's all the more important. Yes. So, so, so true. Accurate information, I feel like, is like a whole new frontier that people are learning to find. Um, So, yeah, thanks so much for that. Okay, so you are, last question, you are a busy, 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 out-of-the-home working mom. Wow, man. Give us your best work-life balance tips. Kind of cliche, but always relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So work-life balance is something that I have always struggled with. Um, Some of it is because I am lucky to love what I do for a living. So I don't feel like a workaholic, Mm -hmm. but I am. But I don't feel like a workaholic Mm -hmm. because I love what I do. Um, I I have really worked on this over the years. And admittedly, I'm better at um, work-life balance now um, than I was, um, like when I was in the mayor's office, because in that role as chief of staff to the mayor, crises don't happen between nine and five. They happen all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I often felt like I had to be on 24 hours a day. So thankfully, um, I mean, I love that chapter of my life, but thankfully that is not the life that I live anymore for a whole variety of reasons. And so I have really tried to, um, prioritize my own health um, in my own mental health and, um, have tried to create space in my new life in this new world that I have. It's still pretty new. It's two years into it. Um, where I just put my own personal commitments, things like Pilates, things like reading, things like going running on my calendar and treat it with the same importance that I would treat a work meeting. And that tends to um, make me actually do it. That's so true. Do you find, do you feel like you have to schedule that in? Like as a, yeah, I have to, if it's not on my calendar, I just won't do it. Yeah. Like I get up early in the morning um, and work for a couple of hours before anybody in my house wakes up. I'm the only person who lives here. I think that is not a night owl. (laughs) So they sleep late, (laughs) including the dogs. So they um, sleep late, which means they don't want to, they don't want to get up early. So I I get up earlier than um, the other creatures in my house Uh and I work for a couple hours, get my kiddo to school and then like do Pilates or 
call my grandparents. You know, it's just, it's so nice with this new chapter of my life to have the flexibility that I've never had and the control over my schedule that I've never had. I really love it. So Journey, when you talk about mental health and kind of going back to, there's a lot to be mad about. Um, And I imagine in your world on a daily basis, you're encountering lots and lots of things to be mad about that you take, you know, to heart. How do you keep that to a degree that protects your mental health and probably, you know, your attitude around your family off hours, but still maintain that passion for changing the world? Good question. Um, after doing what I do and have done for 20 years, it's it's apparent to me now where perhaps it wasn't 15, 20 years ago that um, even small changes can lead to uh, big outcomes for people. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, um, I'll use the early childhood um, ballot initiative from, from 2019 um, as a case study here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we tried to pass universal health care, uh, or I'm sorry, universal um, early childhood education right. um, back in 2019. It's something I, I spoke to your organization about, and the ballot measure failed. Um, the voters did not approve it. However, a lot of other things happened. Um, a couple of the school districts made some real strides in increasing access to child care. Um, we have um, business and civic leaders talking about early childhood education who really didn't give it a second thought before we elevated it. And so that really um, drove home to me the thought that even incremental change um, and slow change um, can make an impact in people's lives, which is hard to remind yourself sometimes, particularly in this crazy world where crazy things happen, um, that, um, even if change doesn't come as quickly or as um, broadly as you might want it, the work is still happening and things are still getting done. Starting with voting in every election, right? Yes, right, right. That has to happen. Yeah. Yes. Well, Joni, gosh, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today and being with us. Where can our listeners find you? Yeah, I would love to interact with your listeners and they can find me at um, wickhamjames.com and um, we can connect on social media um, through the website as well. Okay, awesome. And we will will list all of those things in our show notes so you can more easily find them. Thank you so much again for being with us. You were fantastic and I feel motivated, more motivated than I already was to be a little more involved. Well, that's what it's all about. Thank you so much for the platform. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Bye. Take care. I really loved that last bit that she talked about, about incremental change and kind of having faith in the process, mm-hmm. because I just feel like there's so many issues where I can get stuck in a spiral of the world is on fire. What about mm-hmm. my future, my kid's future, my grandkid's future? Mm-hmm. And 
just feel so, you know, overwhelmed with anger or the just anxiety about wanting to change the world right now. Yeah. And I want it to be fixed now. Um, so that's, I think, encouraging. And especially when it comes to local politics, really thinking about local change in such small ways can make a big impact on our daily life. And I think like the importance of being like a part of the process, you know, and not necessarily, I think it's sometimes I feel like it's hard for me to accept that I may not see the exact change that I'm working for. Um, but I know that I'm playing a part in getting where I would like to see things go. Um, yeah. And I think too, you said the word overwhelmed and I definitely feel like a lot of times I feel overwhelmed by just not knowing where to start, um, especially politics and local elections. There's so much information. Um, I definitely know for me, even a few years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, like, where do I even get started on becoming more involved? So we have compiled, or Sarah has compiled, um, a list of um, practical resources for our listeners to get started with involvement locally in Kansas City. Yeah, so kind of as we referenced in the interview, um, for those of you on the Kansas side, you do have elections coming up um, in November. And so that's kind of what prompted this interview. But if you're on the Missouri side, you are not off the hook. You have elections coming up in April of 2022. So this is relevant to everybody listening. Um, So we have some posts that we have writers who are passionate about local issues Um, and voting that we will link in the show notes. But I think the best advice, because the rules are different in Missouri and Kansas, so one of the most important things for you Kansas moms is if you want to vote in the November election and you are not registered, you cannot do that the day of. You cannot show up at your polling place and register. Um, You actually have to be registered, I believe it's six weeks out from the election, but this year it's um, October 12th. Um, and so that might be passed depending on when you listen to this episode. Um, but you can check your registration status. You can look up what you're, you know, in, in Overland Park, for example, you're divided by wards. So like I'm ward two for city council. Um, and so that determines who I vote for in school board races, city council races. Um, and so if you go to vote four one one. That website can give you all the information that links to all your local information so that you can figure out registering what's on your ballot so you can be prepared. I think for me, um, getting involved in a local race just by, you know, following their social media and really educating myself on the issues. If you follow um, the Kansas City Star or the Shawnee Mission Post or whatever local news outlet, they will often do candidate surveys or even candidate forums where you can learn more about the issues and figure out what's important to you. I mean, if you've learned anything these last 18 months, it's how much power and, you know, a school board has or a county commissioner um, that's really changed, you know, our daily lives. I've never watched so many county commissioner meetings in my entire life than I have the last 18 months. (laughs) So I am a, many hours. Um, I am a frequent flyer. Like I need a punch card. Uh-huh. And I've emailed, I watched. emailed local politicians. Yep. And, and I've never, done that too. Yeah. And yep. that's something I never did. I never so. did that before. That's a pandemic 
positive. Yes. Silver linings of the pandemic. That's so, so true. Um, okay. Thanks for those, Sarah. Um, okay. Let's talk about what we are loving in Kansas City right now. Um, is that okay if I go first? Yeah. Oh. Okay. What I am personally loving in Kansas City right now, which you will hear me do lots of coffee um, references, not just because of my last name but because I do love coffee and I love trying all the coffee places. Um, my favorite drink right now is called the Autumn Moon Latte at Summer Moon. Um, the location for that one is in Overland Park and Cross Streets. 91st and Metcalf. Yes. Yep. 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 And it just has the coolest vibe on the inside. Um, it's a good place to go work. It's just kind of a mm-hmm. chill vibe. It's not real loud. They do have a small outdoor patio. That you can overlook Metcalf. It's just lovely. Or just <laughs> in all the cars. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I get the autumn, autumn moon latte with oat milk and it is delicious, hot or cold. Sarah, what are you loving? Um, so we're a really active family. And so I feel like a lot of mine are always going to be places we're going. Yes. Um, and so we, our favorite fall tradition is Johnson Farms. Mm-hmm. And that is um, on the Missouri side, I think, technically, yeah. but um, south. And I, it's just my favorite place. I mean, it's they have everything. Place. They have playground. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually can pick veggies this time of year. Yeah. You know, pumpkins. You know, are they doing sunflowers again? They did. I don't know how long the season is. Okay, somebody will have to, one of you will have to let Uh us know. Are they doing sunflowers? Yep. They had the jumping pillow, um, just all the different, the pumpkin cannon. Um, And then they have hot and cider, hot cider, cider slushes. And their their donuts are my favorite. So that is um, pumpkin patch. Take a hay hay ride out to uh the pumpkin patch, right? Yes. Um, apple picking. They do. All season long. Different. And my favorite part are all the animals. They have lots of animals there that I just, just love. Yeah. And they have tons of gorgeous plants to buy. Our, um, in front of our house, um, we buy their mums. Yes, their mums are too. just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Like, and they have all mums. the seasons. So like early blooming, yes. middle and late blooming. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just my favorite fall place to go. Yeah, that's a great place. All right. One other thing that I'm loving to look forward to is uh, Kansas City Mom Collective. We have an event coming up on the evening of Thursday, October 21st called Mummy's Night Out. And this is going to be held at Boulevard. Um, We will link in show notes to where you can buy tickets to this to bring a friend and come. Sarah, do you want to share like a little bit about yeah, it's just what can we it's be super it's like a mom, fun. It's like a mom hang costume party. Yes. You don't have to do costumes, but you're you cooler can. if you do. <laughs> um, and all of our sponsors will be there. You know, we uh-huh. have palm readers, we massages. Have, yes, massage. Um, oh, this is gonna be there. There's also we have stuff. There's swag bags that are great, but there are a ton of giveaways, and so you will get yes. a ticket. Um, to put in the giveaway of your choice boulevard is providing a drink and the food so we'll have big um like boards of meat and cheese and all that kind of stuff um they have cork on tap there oh yes so the, it's the it's gonna be super fun and we will be upstairs um one thing to note is that you do have to either provide proof of vaccination or 
a negative test within 48 hours of the event. We just yep. want to make sure everyone feels comfortable and we have a safe event and we'll be complying with any mask ordinances that are in place in Kansas City, Missouri at that time. Yep. But we have plenty of seating for you to sit down and take your mask off and enjoy your food and drink. And yep. um, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Awesome. We would love to see you there. So come find us and meet us. Um, we would love to meet you. Um, I think the last thing we want to note, two more things. One is um, be sure to check out the fall guide. Uh, Kansas City Mom Collective puts out a fall guide that is kind of my go-to for all things. If I'm just looking for something to do with my kids um, in a certain category, it just covers everything. And they do such a good job covering um, all areas of Kansas City. So um, be sure to check that out for all things fall for your family. Anything else you want to add to that? That's it. Okay. Okay. Well, friends, we are so glad that you were here with us again for another episode of Kansas City MomCast. Uh, Next time, we, I'm so excited for this conversation. We're going to be talking about adult friendships. And our guest is one of our contributors, uh, Zhao Zhao Shen. And she wrote a piece for the blog that she was talking about um, adult friendships and not having a best friend. And it is just going to be a really compelling, interesting, and relatable conversation that we're excited to have with her and hopefully with you. So thanks so much for being here. See you next time. See ya. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. Email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.